Well, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start, but let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ, and it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life, different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo, this gives me the collywobbles just thinking about it. Well, last time we went through the parting of the Red Sea, and apparently they're celebrating afterward because chapter 15 in Exodus is a song. It says the song of Moses, and which, by the way, I, I think I think we're going to miss a big part of what this song is supposed to mean only because we're talking about translating it from Hebrew to English. So I think I, I, I know we're going to miss something. We're going to miss a deeper meaning behind all this. But uh, Tom is going to take this up. So just, I guess, Exodus chapter 15, whenever you're ready. All right. So when I before I start reading this, I think of like uh, minstrels, like the minstrels and the bards and their, their way they retell the stories. And something fantastic, phenomenal, and, and uh, life-altering just occurred. And so I think that's what prompted this. This, this writing of songs, so it's it's their way of being able to preserve in in community, and be able to sing it or say it or perform it out, so they they don't forget it. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. Both horse and driver He has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers were drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Okay, so this is Israel and Moses singing this, right? So is this a song they knew ahead of time? I don't mean to get super picky, but it it almost seems like this is something that was a, 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 maybe a, a song that they used to work. Now, well, no, they couldn't have because this just happened. They're singing of the event. Yeah, I think this is a but, case of not fully seeing the period of time that takes place between the events and the celebration of the event. You know, we read we read this, and it's easy to to jump right into you know the this is this is like an immediate thing like this happened, and then next scene this happened. We don't know what happened in between. Well, I don't know because it does say at the beginning of chapter fifteen. At least mine says. What do you, what does your guy say? Mine says then Moses and the children of Israel. Then Moses and it almost sounds like it was shortly after. That's what I mean. I don't I don't know. I think like, was this like and, a supernatural thing? 
Well, this so this is this is pretty firmly caked in in opinion, but I think that there are several instances it, 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 when you read through the Old Testament and in the New Testament to an extent, but the but the style in which the Old Testament was written, you come across a lot of instances where if you you very easily, especially in the English, can read through this in a this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened sort of sort of style, where I think the key to understanding the sequence of events sometimes when understanding the Bible is to try and move out from that linear almost reading it like it's a screenplay for for a play or for a movie kind of thing. Right. No, and, and I might agree with that because they might have been singing this on on the way with Moses leading them. You know what I mean? Like this song kind of came out of it. You know what I mean? Like it, after maybe a day or so of walking, this thing, this song they just kept singing. Is that the kind of thing that you mean? Yeah, something something like that. Well, you also have to look at this is written down. And this wasn't written down on the fly. No, so, so this must have been many, many years later. It's many years later, this was written down, and, and it was probably a culmination of what everybody was saying during this time. You know, <laughs> so it was a bunch of people singing these little bits and pieces of song, the Lord send them into the sea. And then so Moses kind of like, I could, I could, I guess I could see that. Because, yeah. Because if you think about it, especially if you're like at work, there's not many that can carry a tune, including myself, even though that I do sing it. So it's just like, you got to think, what was it, thousands some odd people that were singing this? It's it's everybody. It says Moses and the children of it. Well, I mean, you know, right. relatively everyone. Right. So just think about the tone that this would probably actually be like. It'd be interesting to listen to this. I'm not even going to lie. And <laughs> just be like weak, tired, kind of excited because they've seen a whole bunch of people die. But then it's Yeah, but just they, like, they just walked all the way through the night. Right. Like they right. didn't get any sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if this if this whole section is just um it it, it has to be a, a looser translation of song or a a deeper translation of song than what we're thinking of, because this might just be like that whole joyful noise from the heart. Um, I, I don't know if, if it was like here, it's all stanza for me, but right. It's cleaned up and it's yeah. Yeah. But th at this time when this happened, they were all just happy to be alive. <laughs> they were at their, at the end, they were at the end of their road. They were, nowhere else to go and God delivered them and then the waters came back and th they're free now they are shocked amazed in awe because they're free for the first time and probably like, like really free like Egypt can't lives. get them right because yeah they, you know so what are they going to do now that, so now they're they're writing songs they're they're singing from their from their hearts they're they're uh yeah, I think you carry that, a tune or not, because <laughs> this wasn't like a dear diary. Today we all raised our voices in song. You know, th this was written down, and Moses was like, yeah, "I remember when you know, and everybody was happy." And, they, and this is probably <laughs> and what this is the stuff they were singing, right? And it was you know, like like this one here. Um, the deep waters have covered them; they sank to the depths like a stone. 
Some it's morbid, but it's it's point on. Uh, verse six: Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the hearts of the sea. The enemy boasted. I will pursue, I will overtake them, I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them, I will draw my sword, and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Now, wow. that that's pretty powerful there, yeah. because... You know, they went through the plagues and they seen every one of the, the yeah. gods get yeah. struck yeah. struck down. You know, and finally the, the king the, the god king or the yeah the, the god the man, king yeah, god king, quote unquote, was now struck down by the Lord. Right, and it's I, I think, Tom, when when you said singing that joyful noise, I think that really begins after you you started reading more, that really encapsulates a lot of this. It just all they could do was sing about this instance when when God did. And th- this is why I say this is probably one of the more powerful, and I don't mean powerful as in God, you know, God's limitless, I understand that, but one of the more powerful, more powerfully witnessed miracles that God has ever done because this was the capstone that kind of ended the whole slavery. Like it was it was over. What what Egypt doesn't even have an army anymore. Even if they wanted to go back, what, they, what Egypt are they going to go back to? It's it's going to be, it's it's broken. Yeah, and without a leader, no one's going to step up and do that, or they're all going to step up and do that, and then civil war ensues. Well, a lot of people think Pharaoh made it back, because in Scripture, all it says is his armies was destroyed. But let me, let me take a step back because yeah, it go, said ahead, go ahead. Nobody survived. Yeah, but he is actually probably at the rear of the charge, not the front of the charge. Because especially at that time, they didn't really have a good structure. That's the thing about this particular period of time is it's very hard. The evidence that we can draw from this section is so powerful because so much of Egypt's history during this time is up in the air because of everything that's happened in their land you can look back to very clear devastation and disruption within um egypt's within egypt's egypt's walls trying to nail down who exactly was in charge for what periods of time and when during this period of time isn't necessarily very straightforward when you look right, at the history right. books and that's why i said I'm, I'm not really dogmatic about it because like verse 28 says then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh uh, that came. I, I, I don't know why it, it emphasized it, but they came into the sea after them. I'm not dogmatic about it either right. way, you know. It's so, I mean, he could have been. He could have been. He, he could have survived and went back. Obviously, that's the more dramatic one. Or just everybody went into the water and the, the entire army, Pharaoh, all his commanders died. Either, either way. Egypt is destroyed. <laughs> either way, <laughs> Egypt has problems. And, yeah. and I'm just saying it's it's powerful. Getting back to the, my point was it's powerful powerful that you say that 
they they that whole making a joyful noise that it talks about in scripture later on much later on this is i think that instance where where israel really did that yeah we, we spoke um before about how some of the Egyptians jumped ship and joined the Israelites. Yeah, yeah. So there was probably a lot of mourning going on in there as well. Joy, mourning, mix of awe, fear just awe, and yeah, awe. Just, yeah. You know, uh, and complete vulnerability. I don't think anybody right now is feeling empowered except for following God because of fear, because of the fear that they just witnessed. Just before this happened, they were reading Moses, the riot act, saying, we were better off if we had never left in the first place. And now here they are. They're free. At what cost? They lost the entire way of life that they know. Going to follow now God that they have almost no choice in not following because they can't dispute that which they just saw. By God's guiding them into the wilderness, their hands are tied. I mean, I, and I don't, I don't mean that God was like literally tying them up. What I'm saying is, is, God was almost forcing them into a situation where they had to have, they have to rely on the one that just saved them. And they're realizing this now. Wow, this is, this is for real. We're, we're really free. We're really out here being a nation, sort of, <laughs> wandering nation. That's part of what makes all of this, this portion of the Old Testament so immensely powerful. You know, we were talking about you guys talked about last episode some of the more um, apologetic slanted things of Exodus and how there's proof things. You know, there's so there's so much that you can find verifiable proof for surrounding all of this. So those of us, you know, we sit here all this time later reading this, and then we can see the series of events, and especially you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, knowing how some of the people are going to react going forward and knowing how turbulent some of this is going to get, that this is an honest look into how just an outpouring of, of rawness, emotion, everything that's just happened. And then what, like you said, there's no going back. There's nothing to go back to. Even, even if people survived, we don't know that for certain that every single person died, but still you're talking about widespread, complete devastation to an area. So where you called home isn't like habitable anymore it's not you can't just go and have the life that you once uh, that you once had and so you have no choice but to but to go forward even if you wanted to go back and we see here this i think it's easy to get caught in the if if people are worshiping or singing then it has to look like what we think of as worshiping or singing right but this is just an out uh, just an outpouring from the heart which is as much worship as as other forms that you might that you might more closely synonymize yeah up to this point they're really highlighting what he just did like they they're just now singing about all the death and and the deliverance but mostly on, on the, just the whole act of you just drowned an entire nation that was coming after us i'm going to continue on here verse 12 you stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies 
In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them by the power of your arm. They will be as still as a stone until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. And I know Joe brings this up from time to time about how there's many who who we have this view that the God of the Old Testament is different than, you know, the Jesus of the New Testament. But it's very interesting that the words, I'll just read a handful of words in mine. We see words like, and you in your mercy have led us forth. And it uses the word, the people whom you have redeemed. The and I believe yours, Tom, your version said loved or love. I just, I find it powerful that, a lot of the words that people use to describe Jesus, right in this in this praise, God's people, the people that are following God to a T, are well not not quite at this point, but you understand what I mean, like God's people. Uh, they're describing in a lot of ways. Not every dis, not every word here is describing. I'm just saying there's a lot of description here that a lot of people would attribute to Jesus and to Christ, and it, and his ministry and what he did when he was here, take a sobering moment and, and think about this. This is the same God it, from the new Testament. The same, it's the same Jesus that is here is there. It's, it's nothing different. God just is doing something different here than when Jesus came. It, it's, I guess two different, can I say roles, two different roles, situations, but yes. the character is still there. And I, I love this golden thread, if you will. Um, verse 16, towards the end of it, it says, until the people you bought pass by. What so, is Jesus, Jesus' blood? Jesus' blood. It was extreme sacrifice. It was extreme sacrifice that paid for their freedom, that paid for their lives. Extreme sacrifice. The silly thing about this is that it wasn't necessary for Egypt to die because of their own choice and their frustration against God and their hardened heart against God and their, their hatred to the situation. They, they, they delve right in head first without even th- taking a second glance. I'm going to continue reading here. Verse 19. I think this is a really in- interesting point to me. Um, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a trimble in her hand, and all the women followed her with trimbles and dancing. Miriam sang a song to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both the horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. <laughs> Do you think that this happened first? You know, I, I, I want to say it probably happened during. I, I, I almost feel like what you guys said about these like little stanzas of things like this was Moses compiling everything they were singing about. And then this from verse 20 to 21, 
that happened, I'm guessing, this is my guess, it happened immediately. She's like, wow, this is so amazing. And she just jumped right into song. And that's what she was singing over and over, kind of like in the background with the, with the other women. And everyone else was kind of catching in with the rest of these stories. Like, yeah, this is great. And I think I have a feeling that she triggered it. The, the, the musical part of my brain um, goes to like, you see the carnage around and then pan out to Miriam picking up the tambourine or the, the, the timbrel in her hand and, and starts to sing. And then everybody falls in line around, you know, singing, from, you know, <laughs> reading this part here, just kind of capstones that is like, I could see that into a really gruesome musical that, that would unveil there. <laughs> then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why this place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it in the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commandments and keep all that he decrees, I will not bring on you any kind of diseases that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped near the water. So Mara, I looked up the word Mara. Mara actually means bitterness. Now, I've always wondered this. When it said bitterness, huh? Is that why Jesus always told us never to worry about Tamara? <laughs> <laughs> so Mara, yeah, it means bitterness. Now, this bitterness of the water, did it mean the water was poison? Or does it mean it was just so gross like... You, you know, have you ever had water that has a lot of iron in it? And it's just, it's not bitter. It's its almost got that tangy, like, coppery, yeah, in your mouth. So it's not, like, bad for you, but it's its the water's heavy and it's kind of gross. We use a, a water filtration system here that sits in our refrigerator because the just straight out of the tap water is exactly what you're, what you're describing. It's not... You know, you're not going to get sick by by drinking it, but it does not taste good. Well, they're in a mountainous region right now. Iron content in the waters is probably very high. When you throw in a stick, it's kind of like a fibrous like material. So I'm just trying to figure out what they filtered out. That's what I was wondering. So I don't I don't think that's what I number one. I do believe it was a miracle. It was, it was a miracle, but there is a science behind it. I'd have right. to dig deeper into it. But, yeah, mine says, and he showed him a tree, which he cast into the waters. So it almost sounds like he used the palm fronds or the palm tree uh, to, to do this uh, and to cast it into the water. And, by the, by the way, that the, the last episode when I talked about those two gentlemen— uh, which I'll, I'll put, uh, his name was Robert Cornuke. I'll put a, a link in the bottom in the description below. 
they claim that they found these pools like they're like they're talking about. It was many pools, and then they said they did see a big area with palm trees. So it was like a little oasis, but I, I don't know if I can, I don't know. Because we're talking about uh, 2,500 years ago. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to take that one. That's one of their evidences of where the, the Red Sea crossing was, was they claim that they found this pool and it was the same thing. Like you're talking about with that fibrous thing. What it was, was if you take those palm fronds or take those branches or take the, the tree itself and if you break it and put it in the water, it actually does nullify that bitterness. When you look at how nature interacts with itself uh, in these different situations and things like that, you end up with a result that there's a lot of different instances of, well, there's a scientific explanation for this, or the science says this, and all of that kind of stuff. That's some of the best evidential proof text that we could possibly have when looking for a form of verification. And that's that's something that um, I think sometimes gets looped into um, being opposed to God, whereas... Do you mean science opposing God or... Yeah, yeah, like, like, okay, so I found the science behind to, to explain what has happened, what this book says happened, and, and that being said and presented in a posture that would suggest that because I found it, through, found the scientific method that opposes what your Bible says and that opposes that there's religious implication into these okay. things. Um, the, and that's what a lot of the documentation that describes the science, well, that's how it's presented from the atheist side. And it's, it's kind of how it's opposed sometimes by the Christian side. Like, like you said, last episode i think christians can benefit from looking at these different instances like there's there's scientific uh implication behind the parting of the red sea and that there's there's scientific reasoning behind it yes because science is the study of how things work how our world works and who would be better or best suited to utilize the different aspects of creation in the way that it interacts with itself but the creator the one that created the entire thing i'm just saying i know i i often tell people and and i ask them this question I, i'm glad you went down this road I, i'm like you said i don't want to go too far but i often ask people okay who invented science and a lot of times they, they say oh well you know newton did this new you know and this this scientist did. well no they discovered it they didn't invent anything there is nothing, when, when the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, it, it, it means that there's nothing new here. We just keep discovering the same stuff that, that God already knew about and God put it in place. Science belongs to God. So therefore, and usually the conclusion I come to is, listen, that means that science has to agree to some degree, even if there's miracles involved, by the way, even if there's miracles, science has to agree with God. Why? Because he wrote it. If a programmer writes code into something, that code cannot contradict itself. Because if it does, then it won't work. But if our world works, then there has to be a way to, dis to discover how that code was written in it to begin with. Israel, every time 
complained about a bad situation, even if it was just the most mellow situation, after everything they've all witnessed over the last, which by the way, this has not been a large span of time yet. I, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying, oh, look at, look at how poor and how bad Israel is. We do the same thing. We honestly do. We become blinded. So like, for example, I'll give you a prime example. My, my wife and I were just literally two days ago, we were just talking about bringing my daughter out to go clothes shopping, right? We didn't even tell anybody this. All of a sudden, one of my wife's friends, she, she has several daughters. She dropped off a whole, like two boxes of clothes and several shoes and just like, hey, here you go. My daughter outgrew this. We're over here going like, oh man, okay. So we, now we got to go shopping and buy some stuff or whatever. And God's like, nope, boop, here you go. You're good. There are these little God sightings in life that I really hope we don't lose sight of it. Because that when the moment that happens is is when God's like, really? Really? Like, do you know all of the things that I've done for you behind your back that you don't even know about yet? You know, that, that truck that was, you know, that semi that was down the road, that semi was going to go kill you. But because you've been praying for protection or your mom is praying for protection over in Indiana or, you know, Chicago or something, for, she's been praying protection over you every day of your life. I blew his tire to save you because you, that was your day. Do you know what I mean? Like all of these things we're going to find out in heaven that, that God has been trying to take care of us that we're, we're just, we can't see because we got the blinders on. I, I often say uh, Israel is almost as good a sinners as we are. Like you said, there's nothing new under the sun. And the, I, I once heard it put, sometimes we can feel like, life is shooting arrows at us and god gives us a shield now for every shield or every arrow that you know that's hit that shield imagine once the arrows stop flying if you could take a look at that the other side of that and know how many you don't realize uh well tom how about you go ahead and lead us out on word of prayer man dear heavenly father lord we thank you for this day lord i just pray that you be with us let's just pray that you inspire those that are, are listening today i pray that uh, you just help us to be able to connect with the, the stories here as we go chapter by chapter walking through your word um, I pray that we, we learn from what uh, Israelites went through learn from the miracles that you have done and continue to do today Father Lord, I just pray that you be with us as we uh, continue into our week I ask all this in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Amen Well this has been Justin This is Tom This has been Sully this has been Joe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Talk to you next week. Now listen, just because this is the end of the episode doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. You can find Biblical Chili on almost any social media outlet. Also, each week, Biblical Chili goes live on YouTube. And if you're not a big fan of YouTube, just search for Biblical Chili anywhere and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Or just go to BiblicalChili.com. We also want to make sure we give a shout out to one of our co-hosts, Joe, who's a host on BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Now until we meet again, remember, be part of the conversation. Goodbye. I'm still looking for a good sign off. Y'all come back now, you hear? No, don't do that one. Oh. <laughs> no, don't do that one. Oh. Uh, I think that's copyrighted. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations, you're one of the few. 
We love you.